You know, the year is still nubile. You know, we're not very far into it. It seems like an okay year yeah. by recent year standards, you know. It's okay. Sure. I'm staring down the barrel of 1996 now, though. The people Ugh. have spoken. I'm going back in freaking time. I cannot wait, man. This is We're recording this on 1996 Eve. This is like December 31st, 1995 right now. Mm. When the clock hits midnight, I'm full bore. I'm full bore into 1996. I have my playlist set up on Spotify. I got movies sent to me. I have tons of recommendations for TV shows. I got games I got to play now people are throwing at me, many of which I wasn't even aware that came out in 1996. (laughs) I got to play all those. So we're looking at just going hog wild in the mid-90s. Steve, in 1996, you were probably, what, six years old or something? I was eight years old. Yeah. You were eight years old. Well, you were still missing some teeth in your face. You're probably still cute, though, I bet. Yeah, I think both those things are unrelated to my age. They're just kind of always been true, but... But sure, yeah, yeah. I was I was a, a, a wee young Steve, just excited about the Nintendo sixty four. Right, right. Yeah. Would you go back there? Is that a point in time in your life where you would, if you had a a time machine, would that be one of the first years you'd go back to? Uh it'd be pretty close. Honestly, I feel like I would maybe go a few years earlier. Just because I'd like to re-experience the early 90s, most people say you get your first memory at, what, like two or three years old is how mm-hmm. old you tend to start remembering things in your life. Um, I have, like, maybe one fuzzy memory that I think I was probably four, and then I don't remember anything until, like, my mid-teenage years. Like, there's just nothing in there. <laughs> and so I would love to go back and, like, fill in some of that space. Man, I hate to say this because we're, you know, we're pushing the product here on Polykill where we talk about just playing video games ad nauseum <laughs> and ignoring everything else in your life. I think there's a good chance you played too many video games and it burned all your neurons out. I think. That's my best guess. Honestly, that was probably the time in my life where I was playing the least video games. So, But it could have been the video games since they've just burnt a hole in your oh, brain. Oh, yeah, that's true. I guess I'll forget the flavor of the bagel bites i ate when i was eight years old in exchange for remembering the plot of last of us 2 all right it's either that or too much blink 182 oh i don't know if that would even be possible especially not in 1996 that's well that's a good point well everyone this is the polykill podcast as always we're your host i'm travis i'm joined by steve out there in what i'm assuming is also a snowy twin cities not really i saw everyone around us was getting all this crazy snow but no oh, we're goodness. we're pretty fine Man, I'm I'm steeped in six inches of the cold white stuff, and uh, it's kind of you know not not common for us to get that much. Not enough to cover the old shoe usually, but we we got shoe coverage today. Wow. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, feeling feeling like a real northerner. <laughs> it's not too bad. But yeah, this is the Polyco Podcast. If you're new to the show, Steve and I basically play so many video games that we forget our childhoods, yep. and then we ask you to send us back in time so that we can make up for the time that our brains have eliminated from our memories. And so we talk a lot about beating video games, playing video games. I mean, it's just your regular old couple guys having a (laughs) podcast about video games podcast, right? It's nothing too too special, but we try to make it fun. Yeah, that's the attitude of someone having fun, yeah. Uh, And to prove it, we're going to jump in to games that are coming soon. I don't know why my voice went up right there. I thought maybe I'd add a little texture to this conversation. I felt it getting dry. 
<laughs> What's coming soon? What do you <laughs> What do you got? What do you got on your docket? Uh, it's a couple of platformers in the near future here. I don't actually know too much about either of them. Uh, one of them was Blue Fire, which I see you've got on the list here too. And it looks it's more yeah. like a 3D hack and slash type of action platformer. I just copied you. <laughs> I just wanted just wanted to look like you recognized one of these games. Pretty much. I saw your list and I was like, I should probably write something down. Then I looked at yours and I was like, this one actually looks fun. All right, so then how about this, you know? I already gave a little bit of it, but why don't you tell us all what Blue Fire is? Be as specific as possible if you could. Sure. Uh, so there's different characters. It's animated. And I will say I did watch all of 15 seconds of this trailer. Uh, but the platforming did look fun. It's, uh, I guess, third person platforming, at least from what I could tell. But it looked fun. You're going, uh, you know, it, it looked like a more cartoony version of Titanfall. And I think that's <laughs> what drew me to it. The guy was walking on the sides of the walls. They were blast jumping over laser beams. It looked pretty freaking mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, it's got... Honestly, I've probably watched maybe 30 seconds of trailers total, so I'm coming in like this all-knowing scholar of Blue Fire, but I barely know anything about it. But it, it I impressed you, didn't I? You were like, I know, shit, I, he I really thought did I was 15 seconds. nailing you to the wall, and then you came in with some actual information. <laughs> um, but yeah, it looks like a 3D platform with a lot of cool movement options. So, uh, I don't know, should be, should be fun, should be cool, and I don't think it's one that a lot of people are interested in. And then the other platformer coming up soon is the sequel, Little Nightmares 2 cool first puzzle platformer game i'm pumped for another one i'll probably probably not play it till october seems kind of in that spooky wheelhouse but um i will be interested to play it because i like the first one a lot what was now remind me a little bit about these little nightmares if i remember correctly it's isn't it sort of a 2d platformy thing and things are coming out of the background that's kind of how i remember it is that completely off yeah it's um it's a Platformer in the style of like a limbo, not visually, but in, right, in the right. way that that plays left to right. And then you're pushing stuff around. Usually you're not going too much into the foreground and background, but occasionally, you know, like an enemy will pop in and out. And then there were some sections that were a little more 3D, like you'd be like in a kitchen running from a big, scary looking chef and you'd be hiding under the table and stuff like that. So I remember that chef looking especially ooky spooky. He looked like a uh, a, a person that was also part catfish. Yeah, th- there's some real gross characters in the first one, so yeah. especially towards the end. So I, I hope that they keep, nay, exceed the grossosity mm-hmm. of those characters. Grossosity. Yeah. I don't know if that's a word or not, but I do enjoy it. Say it enough, it becomes a word. Language is ever-changing, all right? Grossosity. We'll just make it the name of the podcast. It'll be canon. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> I like to get the name of the podcast out of the way early. Uh, okay, so, th- I mean, that's it. Those are the two games that we're basically looking forward to, Little Nightmares 2 and Blue Fire, which I got to say about Blue Fire, I know we're 35, 40 years into hardcore, you know, uh, number of releases yearly in a medium, mm-hmm. but Blue Fire is a name that, I'm surprised, one, it's not already taken, and two, like, why would you name anything just something basic like Blue Fire? I'm not going to remember Blue Fire. That sounds like the name of a new Mountain Dew. Honestly, yeah, I'm just surprised, like you, that it's not taken at all. We must be at the point where all two-letter word, or two-word combinations are taken, right? Like, there's <laughs> yeah. none left. Yeah. I know. It's it's insane. Anyway, that's just, that's a mundane rabbit hole we don't need to go down. But let's put that ass in the hot seat, shall mm, we? Speaking of mundane rabbit holes, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's weird that you call yours that, but that's okay. (laughs) Steve keeps fiddling with his mundane rabbit hole and he won't pay attention. Okay. 
what part, speaking of, by the way, what parts of yourself do you regularly shave? Um, uh, face, chest, that's it. Wow, you do the chest. Yeah, I, I mean, this is certainly more mundane than people need to know, but I'm, I'm the type know. of person that, like, can't really grow facial hair. I can't really grow hair anywhere. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm eternally stuck in, like, the first week of puberty. And... <laughs> And so, like, a beard, something that would scientifically, technically qualify as a beard or chest hair or whatever mm-hmm. grows in, but it's so patchy and worthless that it's like, it, it's it's like the comb over of your chest. Just get it out of there. <laughs> Fair enough. I like that. Uh, the comb over of your chest. Very good. Also going to be the name of the podcast. We'll have several for this one. <laughs> okay. Next up. Have you ever had, like, a real cringe moment while live on stream? Like, maybe you... You said something. Maybe playing-wise, you did something so so dumb it embarrassed you. Have you ever had one of those moments? Not so bad on the stream where I, like, absolutely couldn't stand it. Or, like, your face gets all flush and you become sweaty. Nothing sure. like that. I've, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. When you're on stream, or honestly on a podcast, so everyone can relate to this, that listens to me outside <laughs> of this podcast. <laughs> I was say, oh, everyone has a podcast. That makes sense. <laughs> Maybe that's the actually more true answer. Um when you're on a podcast or especially on a stream you are half iq from whatever you normally clock in at you are exactly 50 (laughs) percent of that and so words just fail me constantly and regularly so someone must tune into the stream and just think that i'm a a bumbling oaf right you think so i don't know i i don't see that when i see i'm impressed because i'm like wow he's actually stringing sentences together and connecting on these jumps pretty impressive Hmm pretty pretty impressive so don't sell yourself short okay uh you're king for a day all right we still let's just assume we have kings gonna, now and they make a lot say, of decisions am i just a, a figurehead that doesn't really have any power or am i a king back in <laughs> yeah. the dark ages you're just on some change okay. that's Fair. it no uh you're, you're king for a day you actually have influence on things what's the first thing you make legal not working not, not working. working that's is that illegal? Well, it's not sustainable. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I would actually make? You know what I would change? It's not making something legal. This ties back into your other question about chest hair. Oh, good. And most people are on, like, a free-the-nipple train, right? They're like, we need to to just normalize who can and can't be shirtless, right? Like, let women, let men, mm. let them all be shirtless. I want the opposite sure. tact force men to keep their shirts on at all times no exposed chests under any circumstance okay that's going to be that's going to be how it is in blinkland huh we all have to be wearing a, at least at least a belly shirt <laughs> well you did specify nipples has to go below the belly button <laughs> oh okay it's my kingdom okay so you, all right it's your kingdom fair enough interesting interesting choice then then you won't have to shave because no one will see yeah i see what you're doing there okay Two for one uh what's your favorite sandwich to make at home oh i honestly don't make a lot of sandwiches i don't like deli meat very much so it's probably just a plain peanut butter sandwich unless you count like a grilled cheese maybe but even then i haven't made one in years so i'm just gonna say bread with peanut butter on it <laughs> man <laughs> You are boring. Okay, <laughs> that's which is fine. Which is fine. Okay, you said you don't watch a lot of movies. Speaking of being boring and hairless, 
What was the last movie you watched? Um, wow. It would have been... Was it King of Staten Island? Is that a movie? I see this is a movie that you're talking about. Yeah, that was like... I didn't say I want to watch King of Staten Island, but it was like turned on in the room I was in, and it was turned on on the same TV that I would normally play video games on, so I think that's the last one. Before that, it would probably be Episode Eight, Star Wars Episode Eight, back in the theater, when you could go to a theater. Man, so you really don't just give a shit about movies. That's impressive. N- not at all. I'm pretty low on the movie hype as well, but uh, you you exceed me by quite a bit. Quite a bit. There's, there's not enough time. Something about a movie is so much more work than playing a game or listening to a podcast. I think it's just knowing that at minimum I've tied myself for 90 minutes to just do this thing. And like, you can't do anything else. You can't pop from one activity to another. You're just stuck staring forward. Mm-hmm. Ugh. It's not for, I, not for me. Dude, I kind of get it. Now I will watch some movies, but I do get that. That's my... My biggest beef with it, I don't have the attention. Sp- I don't want to say I don't. I don't have the attention span, but I don't have the attention interest in yeah. in committing uh, ninety minutes. But you know what I will do though, because I'm a piece of shit and a hypocrite. I'll mm. I'll say like, oh okay, well I don't want to commit to ninety minutes. Let me just watch this thirty minute TV show once. You know, just knock thirty minutes out real quick and just watch a little TV show. But then not not getting up and watching <laughs> six episodes of it for three hours and then still carry on like i you know don't like movies and whatnot so i'm just a big hypocrite really when it comes down to it okay okay that's it you're out of the hot seat all right we did okay i think you did fine yeah you did great i feel like the the more times i enter the hot seat the more people learn about like my personal hygiene and my bathroom routine you're really i dig you're painting a very specific picture of me that i that i'm confident no one asked for i number one i asked for it and you just <laughs> and you're answering it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to do. You're painting the picture. Okay. Uh, yes, you wear dirty pants, but you do shave your chest. So I think there's it's it's interesting. It's fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, games that we're playing now. Roughly, I'm I have a longer list than yours, but I'm gonna have a bit of a prelude in that uh, once again. And I don't know. I, we let off the show with this. I don't know if we explained it well, but I'm going back to 1996, baby. Yeah. I'm packing my bags. I'm going back there. So because of that, I haven't committed to playing a lot of games because I'm taking it seriously. I'm going to just be in 1996. I'm going to put the brakes on anything that I've been playing that wasn't made in that year or released in that year at least. So again, we start tomorrow. The podcast will come out a day after. I'm going to be looking to start Quake soon. Nice. Completely whiffed on that in 96 and ever since. I don't really know why. I think I was just always more drawn to Doom. I didn't really have the opportunity to play Quake. Wasn't a PC guy. Didn't play it on the N64. Not even sure if that's a good version, to be honest. So just kind of missed it. So I'm going to be looking forward to play that. And also never played the OG Diablo, at least not Mm. a lot of it. I played Diablo 2 quite a bit, but didn't put a lot of time in the OG. And I'm not looking to really beat or commit to either either of those games to beat them. The whole point is to experience 1996. If I beat them, that's cool. But those are two that are really big misses for me. And I'm looking forward to playing those. And I got to ask, do you have any experience with those two guys? Quake, I completely missed too. I think it wasn't until many, many years after I played Doom or Doom 2 that I even knew Quake was a game. So at this point in my life, I also have not played Quake. 
OG Diablo, though, that was one that I played a gosh darn lot of. That was mm. like the first big game that I, on a computer, that all my friends were playing together. Like our group of friends would form up into a lobby and play. I very specifically remember that there are some very easy ways to dupe items in Diablo that we as younger kids found very entertaining and so we would just dupe all the best weapons and armor and, and you're good to go you can like dupe rings that will up your stats and then that'll give you just enough stats to equip the best armor at level one so if you want to cheese your way through that game it's very possible hell yeah well if i'm able to figure that out on my own i will certainly do it but do you think it holds up now do you think a 2021 fella could enjoy a og diablo from 96 I think so. I think it'll hold up, especially if you have some fondness for Diablo 2. You'll mm -hmm. see like the structure and the skeleton of where Diablo 2 came from. So you'll have fun. And it's honestly, the first Diablo is not that long of a game. You might be able to get through it. Very cool. Awesome. Good to hear. Well, aside from that, here are some games that I've been plugging around in that I am, again, once again, putting the brakes on as soon as the clock strikes here soon. But I want to mention them because of I think they're important and I've been having fun with them. The first one is... Of course, Ghost of Tsushima. Now, I've barely started it. I basically put enough time into it like a week and a half ago to kind of scratch the itch of my curiosity about the game. And I, I already knew that I wasn't going to be able to get through it in time, but I just wanted to see it and, and you know, dabble with it a little bit just to see what's all the hubbub. <laughs> you, ever, you ever just, what's all this hubbub? You just want to know. want to understand that hubbub. And I had, and I had to know. What was your first take? What did you think? A lot of particle physics. <laughs> it is the Super Bowl of previous gen particle physics. They, everybody that's ever made anything float in a game for the last ten years got together to make this game. It's pretty crazy, and I do like it. I really think, graphically to me anyway, playing them back to back, I think it's not quite as good as The Last of Us. Not that that mm. needs to be compared, but I was just yeah. sort of noticing that while I was playing it. it. Makes me even a little bit more impressed for The Last of Us too after playing this a little bit, but. I uh, I like it. I think it's going to have an interesting story. I haven't played a game set in Japan in a really long time, I was realizing. Not many ever, so this is cool. <laughs> I mean, aside from, like, you know, like the Accusa games and stuff like that, this is this is like feudal era or whatever, so this is really cool. Um, but I've, I've just had some, you know, hard time revving my engines up for it just because... 1996 is on the way. I don't want to get too, too invested. So it scratched the itch of curiosity. So I'm looking forward to get back to it one day. But you played through this? I can't remember, right? Yeah, this is one that I played like the first half of. And I actually ended up falling off of it too. And again, not really through any fault of the games. I think it was just, you know, it's a very, it rides in a very well trodden path of gameplay. It's very much like an Assassin's Creed type of open world. Yeah. Go to different things, do different like side questy type deals and so that just like wasn't the mood i was in at the time and i realized i was kind of forcing it so i eventually just set it down and i was like at some point in my life i'm gonna want to play a game like this and i might as well save it for that point so yes that was exactly my feel too and it's really hard sometimes when you know you're gonna like a game you wanted a game you coveted it for a long time you've been itching to play it but then when you have the opportunity to play it, you're like, well, I'm not sure if I want to. And you kind of force it because you're like, well, you know, I played the money. The value's only going down. I got to play it while the money I paid for it's still a value. You know, you get trapped in that line of thinking, that cost mm -hmm. of justification or whatever. And then you play it and you're like, yeah, this is fun. It all looks great. I don't really have a complaint. I'm just not feeling it. But you, it, it's sort of a, it's a weird consternation because you're like, is it me? Is it you? 
<laughs> so <laughs> it in the past i very much tried to force my way through stuff like this and in the last year or so i've gotten much better at just following whatever my my mood is following mm-hmm. my gut on what i'm in the mood to play which seems so obvious it's like oh you should you should just play the video games that you're in the mood to play and it's like it it actually was something that i got better at recently as weird as that sounds so no i think that makes perfect sense because people like you and me were very goal driven with our game playing and yeah. we live we live based on you know straight rows and columns of spreadsheets and uh you kind of expect things to just fall in place and they don't always do it now i totally get that i've had that exact same experience yeah it can be honestly it can be kind of tricky you can the 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 life hack is just sell your copy of ghost of tsushima get your money back now and then buy it when it's five dollars <laughs> two years from now yeah, yeah. I have a feeling though. At some point, when I'm sick of 1996, I'm expecting somewhere around February 23rd, I'll be pining to play it. So we're gonna hold on to her. But yeah, but yeah. So I guess one last thing here that I'll go ahead and and cram in to my already long diatribe about video games is that I started for no real reason, other than it was available and I owned it. Um, is Pokemon Leaf Green. Now I know, I know. Like Travel, how would you start a Pokemon game? You're going back to 1996. I mean, they. I know they got one back there, but it's not this one. This one came a little <laughs> bit later. But see, my wife has been playing the Stadia, and that's sort of a big deal. I like it when she plays video games. It's kind of mm-hmm. fun. It's something that we can connect on. And so she's been playing Stadia. She's been playing Immortals: Phoenix Rising. Been having huh. a lot of fun. Some of the puzzles are a little tricky, and uh, it doesn't seem like the kind of game I would particularly enjoy. But She's having fun with it, so I like to sit with her and keep her company while she plays, if I can. And I was looking for something to play in the hands. And I kept going through a bunch of games and being like, well, this just gets me so invested, I'm ignoring her completely and just playing this game the whole time, which is serving no purpose, other than now we're just sharing oxygen and nothing else. (laughs) So Pokemon actually is nice because you don't really have to pay a a bit of attention to it. You just hit a few buttons and walk around in the weeds and then throw a ball at a squirrel you find and that's it you know it's it's rinse repeat so you know i could either take it or leaf green it (laughs) you know know. there's your third title of the podcast yeah 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 yeah. you know i might never come back to it but uh, i hope i do though because i sunk like four hours into it last night so it's a good time i understand that desire so then let me ask you you know both of these games both of these non-96 games Mm -hmm. you're you're kind of you know one is not really your mood the other one's kind of just like filling a hole that you have this is new year's eve 1995 all right are you going out with a bang like do you have a blowout like you're going to just do the most 2021 <laughs> thing you possibly can before you hit 96 or are you just gonna like log off maybe edit an hour or so of a video and then go to bed early and wake up that's the thing though i have to edit our podcast and then there's another discord chat people sent me that they recorded that i have to edit and put up so yeah old trav here our granddaddy trav doesn't get a lot of time to enjoy 2021 these days folks but you know i was thinking about that i thought like i've spent so much time preparing and getting things out of the way for 1996 i forgot to enjoy 2021 at all but Mm. also have had opportunities to jump into something like ghost of tsushima and 2021 my ass off a little bit I just haven't taken it. I've decided to do other things. So it's it's kind of evident that I'm just ready to go back in time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll have to go look and see. I haven't actually stopped and looked, but I'll, I'll, I'll do some research, figure out what some of my 96 favorites were. I know that at the end of this year, we'll do like, or the end of this year, the end of this year slash month, 
we'll do mm-hmm. a retrospective on 96 and drop our top five faves from the absolutely yeah. from the year and hopefully you, you have played some new ones that make it into that list but maybe i could do a little pre-work so i can nudge you towards some of my favorites while you're in the thick of it yeah and i should clarify I'm not intending to replay anything that I've already played 96. I might dabble, maybe watch a gameplay video just to sort of get the feel for the moment. But, you know, I don't really need to go back and play the OG Tomb Raider or because I just lived through that for Tales of the Lesser Medium. I'm honestly quite sick of it. I don't need to go back and play Mario 64. I've played that a ton. So there's a few games that are sort of off limits in terms of like, yes, you know, especially Mario 64. Like, I love it. I don't really need to play it again. But and there's a few, though, because that 1996 was a year that, a lot of bangers came out, but it's very it's a very top-heavy year in, in, in the research that I've done. And I've played a lot of the tops, and I haven't, you know, yeah. so a- anything that's not on the in the icing of the cake, you get down on that cake, it's just weird. It's a weird cake. <laughs> it's a bad analogy, but it's a weird cake down there. It's not great. You know, here's what you do. I know you're not replaying a lot of stuff, but carve out one day, let's say the 25th that of day, February. Okay. You can mm-hmm. treat that like the pseudo-Christmas of this year crammed mm. into a month you know yeah. go grab your n64 or grab those games wrap them back up and then recreate opening those puppies up on christmas <laughs> day and pop in that copy of mario 64 sit in front of your crt cross-legged on the floor and enjoy just a little bit of it you know maybe i will i think you made a good point here i would like to set at least a day aside for replay just to yeah, I think that's actually a really good idea. I appreciate that, Steve. I'm going to do it. I don't know if it'll be the 25th. I just looked it up. That's a Thursday. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm going to need a Saturday for this. But uh, I think it's actually, I do think that's a good idea. Just set aside one day to just focus on redoing. I think it's smart. Yeah. Give yourself a little context for the stuff you did love back then so that you don't leave with this weird impression of 96. It's like, yeah, a bunch of weird, a bunch of games that I'd call hidden gems came out in 96. <laughs> but you know, there's no Zeldas, no Marios. It was a weird year. There's a lot of Mariah Carey and shitty games. <laughs> awesome. I'm looking forward to that. So, honestly, not too many that I'm playing this uh, this time around. Two games, really. One is a game I just started two days ago uh, on PS5. It's called The Pedestrian. I think this might have come out a while ago, but it just got released on PS4 and PS5. It's a puzzle platformer, So, and I use that phrase a lot, but it's because I play a lot of them. It's a side-scrolling 2D puzzle platformer. You play as a stick man, and the entire game takes place on street signs. So, oh, I love will, this aesthetic. You, you'll be within a street sign, and that street sign will be like in a fully modeled 3D world. And you're just kind of like doing some basic block pushing, platforming, jumping off of springs, stuff like that, and trying to get from one sign to another. And you're navigating kind of throughout this town by hopping from sign to sign and. Um, it adds this extra mechanic where sometimes you'll come up on a specific area that'll have maybe like four or five signs in a small grouping and you can move them around and then you can connect doors that go from one to the other. So you're trying to figure out how do I connect this door to get over to that sign and like what's the right order to do them in. And nice. once you have connected and gone through one of those doors, you can't unconnect it or the whole puzzle restarts. So you have to do a little like planning out ahead of what you're doing. Really cool looking game. A lot of fun and a lot harder than I thought it would be, but I, it's definitely one of those where you look up a trailer and you're like, wow, this is this looks pretty cool out of nowhere. Yeah, I'm looking up, not a trailer specifically, but I just looked up some screenshots and what a neat idea. I love shit like this. I know. What blows my mind is you think normally in a game, you know, they 
they develop the game. They model everything that needs to be in the world. And then they'll add some like signs in the background as like dressing just to kind of like make it look a little bit nicer or a little more dense or whatever. In this game, they must have spent 90%, 95% of their art development time on building stuff for the background that you basically never interact with, do anything with. You may not even think about. So any particular scene you're in, you can see like a freaking road with cars going by and like there's stores with signs and the windows and like people walking around and trees and all sorts of stuff. And that's just like background dressing for the three seconds that you're running from left to right on this one sign and then it all just goes away. It's so, it's such a weird balance of like effort to time spent, but it, it ends up feeling really cool as a result. Yeah, that is actually very strange because I'm looking at some of these. These are very, you know, decently rendered 3D spaces, very popping. And and then, yeah, you're just basically, like you said, you're just a stick figure. It's really cool, though. Where did you, how did you find this game? Uh, Some, I couldn't even tell you who. Somebody on Twitter, like, liked a tweet or retweeted something from the developers. And I saw it and I was like, oh, well, that looks cool. And it was, it happened to be launching, like, that day on PS5. So I picked it up. It also is, it does some cool stuff with the dual sense controller with the haptic rumble, haptic feedback. Mm-hmm. It doesn't like overuse it, but I'm excited to see any developer like taking good, like solid advantage of that controller's technology because I think it's so cool. Um, so like as you're running, you'll feel little footsteps in the controller, real good effects of like when you jump off of like a spring or a trampoline, you feel like a springing type of rumble in your hands, ah. all sorts of stuff like that. Very cool, yeah. And as a traffic safety engineer type, this is kind of neat. A lot of pedestrian activity on these signs. All about safety, people. It's all about safety. Very cool. Good choice. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I think I'm like halfway through it. It's not super long, so that'll probably show up on the credits next time around. But it is is surprisingly tricky at parts. Hmm. And then the other game I've been playing, and oh boy have I been playing a lot of this game, is Eco. Mm. Everyone, everyone's favorite ps2 ps3 artistic environmental platformer so at the at the top of the year i said i'm gonna learn one of my goals i'm gonna learn a speed run and i wanted it to be about an hour or so long so i landed on eco as the speed run and i spent a little while learning it and i have just been going so hard on running this game i've probably put in the last couple of weeks like 30 40 hours somewhere in there which is on top of like work and life and other games that i've been playing so it has like Mm. really eaten up an extra chunk of time but it's been so fun to learn a speed run and like start seeing my time whittle down see improvements there's like a small group of people that run it that are one very friendly and two clearly like somewhat starved for new people to get interested in their games so it's like you show an interest and everyone's like oh if you need to learn any of the tricks, let me know. I'll help you. I'll show up to your streams. It's like, it's a very encouraging, tight-knit group of people. So that's been a lot of fun too. And it's just been, mm, it's been a good time. I think that's so interesting about the speedrunning community and that you're more than willing to arm a competitor with all the knowledge they need to compete with you and knock your name off of a off of a scoreboard somewhere you know what i mean like and i guess it's it's going to be evident anyway because it's all recorded so it's not like they you couldn't just go and and figure out what all the strats are 
uh, with with any amount of research of your own. But I, just, I think that's such an interesting competitive slash, I guess, competitive community thing that's really unique to speedrunning, as far as I can tell. Yeah, it's most of the time in like the few speedrunning scenes I've seen. I mean, I've seen a lot of speedruns, but the few is one that I've been involved in. It seems much more about just like pushing the game to its limits. They get more excited about seeing how fast the game can be beaten and not so much who did it. Yeah, they're just right, like excited right. to push it down. Eco is an interesting one, actually, because there's a run that uh, a Japanese runner did back in like 2015, and it is just like miles better than anyone else's run. Like it's two minutes faster than anybody else's run. Jeez. Even though people have been actively grinding it and finding like new ways to save time, it's just so ridiculously optimized. And so there's a little bit of like a let's work together to beat this really great record. Um, Cause that person like got that time and then they've moved on with their life. They don't play the game anymore. They don't ever think about it. So it's just kind of this like, this old dusty statue that is just sitting there like taunting <laughs> you the whole time and everyone just wants to tear the freaking thing down. So I got you, man. Maybe one day you'll be on a summoning salt video with your, you whittle it down and he'll go find that guy somewhere in Japan and, and uh, it'll be, it'll be great. <laughs> Learn that probably he's already beaten it by another two minutes and it's just on Nico Nico video or whatever other non YouTube <laughs> non speedrun.com file sharing site exists out there. Yeah. Well, I have to ask, how far down have you gotten your personal best? Because when I popped in the other night, I think you were trying to get, I think, around an hour 40, somewhere in there. And then when I popped in, like, a couple days later, you had whittled the goal down to, like, an hour 35. So what kind of improvements are you seeing there on that speed run? Yeah, so I'm at an hour 30. So it's measured by in-game time, but I'm at an hour 33, 16 seconds is my current record, which puts me at seventh on the leaderboard overall yeah. i think it does have a couple big mistakes so i can at least get it down to like a high 131 low 132 i think and so that'll put me pretty high up and honestly right now i'm like really actively excited to push it down mostly because i want to get a run that i feel like is extremely clean for what i'm capable of i don't mm. personally have a lot of like belief that i will ever push it down below and beat that world record but i would like to get something that i'm like extremely proud of without a lot of big obvious mistakes and then from there i'll keep playing it i think because it's been a lot of fun but it'll probably not be something i'm playing every other day it might be like a once a week or something i do a couple of runs just to see how it goes and so for the record you the the record is what like an hour 28 so you're what five minutes off or is that am i close yeah hour hour 28 30 so yep five minutes off all right that's a long time in speed running terms but you can do it buddy it is yeah i there's still plenty of runway left so it's been just a ton of fun i couldn't have asked for it to when i set the goal of wanting to learn to speed run it was kind of to prove to myself that i could put in the effort to learn a game that long Mm-hmm. And two, just because I missed doing it, and I, it, it worked out perfectly. Like the game is, like the exact level of difficulty I'd want for a speed run. It has a supportive community, but not too big of a community or too weird of a community. It's um, it's just it's been a good time. Very cool. I'm happy to hear it. You might be happy to hear that if you like what you're hearing so far, <laughs> man, what a terrible segue. <laughs> Be sure to check us out on our website, which is now 
polymedianetwork.com. Now, polykill.com will still get you there. It's not going anywhere. I'm still paying for it. <laughs> but but polymedianetwork.com is the proper term for our conglomerate of shows, our very mediocre, small, friendly community of shows that have been rebranded into the Polymedia Network. You, you can go to that website. You can find a drunk friend there. That's for interviews that Alex of SNES Drunk and I do with some other YouTube creators and abroad. Uh, off kilter, if you just want to have a little bit of fun, we have the fairly still newish PD's Power Hour if you want to learn a little bit about the things you're drinking. And of course, we have Tales of the Lesser Medium. A new season is coming in the next couple of weeks. We've already got a few episodes already posted on the Patreon. So if you are interested in that, there is definitely more coming. Also have Indie Quest, which is your show all about indie games and recommendations. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, our last episode will have included an interview by the developer of Locke in Dreams. So Locke, the puzzle game that we talked about last episode, I think, in a recent yes. Polykill. Um, we talked to the developer about what it was like to make that game and, yeah, just learn some interesting tidbits. So check out IndieQuest and all those other shows. And once you've checked them out, once you've fallen in love and you're thinking... The, that those podcasts are played i'm out of ways to engage what do i do hop on over to itunes or wherever it is you're listening to that podcast and plunk down them five stars the more stars the better five is the best can't imagine that you have a feed out there that is on a 10 star rating system what is this anarchy <laughs> but give us five stars leave us a review let us know how we're doing especially if we're doing good if we're doing terrible well you can leave that too but uh be nice about it yeah, be and, nice, but still leave five stars. Yeah, five stars. <laughs> and, and explain to us what it would take for your second review to also be five stars. That's what you can do for us. Exactly. And I, for one, am very excited for this interview coming up on IndieQuest, I guess. Uh, well, we'll already have been out when this releases, but um, I think that's pretty cool, Steve. Good job on that get. Yeah, a lot very of Very cool. Uh, Polykill, we also have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com forward slash polykill. You can find a tier that works for you there. If you're interested in helping out the show, for a dollar, you can join the Patreon. For a few more dollars, you get early, like, Nets Friend videos, early Tales of the Lesser Mediums, and early anything that we do. That If we get it out early, we'll throw it up there, which is pretty cool. Absolutely. And then if you want to reach out to the show, you can do so via email at polykillpodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. Ask, you know, if there's a topic to discuss, if there's a top five you want to hear, let us know. Or if you just want to say hey and drop some interesting facts or tidbits, that's cool too. We'd like to hear from you. And we'll yeah. almost certainly read them on the show. Yes, yes, please do that. I was going to say, a campaign for sending us more top five ideas would be fantastic. Fantastic. Yes. But in until then... Let's talk about some games that we're uh, getting rid of. Beat, either we beat them off the old backlog or maybe we retired one, like Oof. in my case. Yeah, I sent one to Pasture, my dude. You or know, whatever. people aren't going to keep listening. They, they come to us thinking that we are the ironclad, rock-solid, undisputed champions of beating every game we play. And then mm -hmm. last episode, I'm dropping Batman. This episode, you're dropping spoilers, Bowser's Inside Story. What's going on? What what happened to us? How have the mighty fallen so far? It's a huge pain-in-the-ass game. It's so pain. It's so <laughs> ass. It's What better reason could there be? <laughs> and I don't want to say it's a bad game because i had this experience where i was like i'm not having fun with this and then i looked up online and the entire world was screaming back at me this game is perfect it's so good it's a 95 <laughs> out of out of it's a 95 out of 10 that's how good it is <laughs> i was like what is it about it and so i spent some time thinking about why i don't like it and i think it is just 
a game, you know, obviously Nintendo made it, published it, put it on their DS. I think it uses too many DS gimmicks that I don't quite enjoy in my traditional gaming experience. Hmm. I personally don't so much care for whipping the stylus out or turning a screen around or blowing into something. <laughs> and it makes me do that a lot. And I'm, I'm willing to give the Wii a pass on some of that horse shit, but I just really wanted something more akin to... Uh, I guess whatever the one was on the N64, I'm sorry, uh, just Paper Mario. I just wanted something, an RPG, Mario RPG, that was just very akin to that. And it is akin to that, but it does a lot of stuff that really annoys me, specifically controlling Luigi and Mario at the same time and having to press buttons specifically at the same time to dodge things reflexively. I'm just not good enough to enjoy that. I Mm. I get sacked on those constantly, and so... I just don't think that version is for me. I see a lot of merit in it. It's funny. I think it's honestly got a little too much dialogue for a fucking Mario RPG game, to be honest <laughs> with you. It's too cute with that, but it you know it's fine. Um, but I want to go backward and play, was it Superstar Saga that's on the Game Boy Advance? Yeah. I think that one is going to be more my speed. And I, po- I even popped that one in when I was looking for GBA games to play on the couch while my wife played Stadia. And got a couple minutes into it, was like, oh, this is already more of what I wanted. So I'm probably going to shift gears to that eventually. But yeah, Bowser's Inside Story, for as much as I wanted to play it, as cute as it looked, I love the idea. It just never clicked with me. It always felt like a chore. I think you will like Superstar Saga more than this one. They both, if I'm being honest, have a little bit of the over-dialogue problem. Like, they both Mm -hmm. have just a little too much talking and not quite enough exploring, but... Once you're in the mood for some of that, like, more, I don't know, wholesome Mario humor, it's not too bad. And Superstar Stock is a little little tighter. I will say, I could not agree with you more. Most of the time, I'm fine with DS stuff. I like the stylus. I like most mechanics. But if I'm going to put on my, like, grouchy old man hat for a second here, I would be <laughs> so happy if I never had to blow into a microphone again. (laughs) Like, it was really cute the first time on DS I ever saw it. I was like, oh, look at that. What a creative way of using that. And now it's like, it's over. And especially if I'm sitting there playing something and I got the the lady sitting on the couch next to me and I got to (sighs) go. It's just not, I I just don't want to. I'm with you on that. That's actually, I've been too shy to play the game sometimes. I'm like, ah, I'm not going to be blowing around a whole bunch of stuff right now. Come on, I'm at a funeral. I can't be doing that. So I get you. I'm glad you I'm glad you agreed with me. I was I was fully ready to be beaten over the head with my poor opinion of this game, but at least uh, at least you're in my corner. I appreciate that. I haven't played too much of it, but what I did play it was it was good. So I finished up one that I talked about last time. Uh not much more to say on it, but it's Uncharted Drake's Fortune. I was going through I was tying up the platinum. And this is a platinum that has existed hanging over my head for a long, long, long time now. I got my first trophy in this game in 2010. And I, I cleaned up and finished the playthrough on the hardest difficulty to wrap up the last two or three trophies that I had. And I got my last trophy, the platinum in like January 21st, 2021. So this is an 11 year platinum trophy in the making. And it's like, it feels so good to see it on the list with that little (laughs) platinum trophy icon next to it and be like, I finally, I finally capped this one off. It's hell yeah. It's it's satisfying, and if I'm honest, the the crushing difficulty was pretty fun. It I treated it less like I was playing through an Uncharted game and more like I was playing through just like a really hard 
arcade style game like i expected to die a lot i skipped all the story and stuff and i just kind of like ran in guns blazing and see how well i could do so it made the the gameplay very different from what those games normally are but it was still fun in its own way and did not take as long as i thought it was going to so feels good clean up your platinums it's it's a very satisfying feeling what's next on that platinum list for you oh i honestly i I don't even know what's coming up next. I got so distracted with Eco. Eco was a platinum that I went back and cleaned up. It actually worked out perfectly because uh, the one of the platinum or one of the gold trophies in Eco is to beat the game in under two hours. So you can get the platinum while you're learning the speed run anyways. And it was the perfect two for one for the weird trophy mood I've been in intersecting with the desire to learn a speed run. It was like it was lightning striking. It couldn't have worked out better. Heck yeah, man. You've been hitting some good Zen waves over there. Yeah. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Okay, so for me, I, I finally, I'm, I'm done with all the bad news, okay? I, we're not retiring Ooh. any more games. I actually did get some credits on Stranger Things 3, which I played on the Switch. And it's a very fun game, but only if you watched and loved the show like I do. Huge fan of the show. Steve, I know you don't watch a lot of TV or whatever, but nope. it's a TV show. It's based in the 80s. It's like 80s Goonies, but high action. Never seen Goonies. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I've heard I've heard someone describe the Goonies as just screaming children the movie, but it's awesome. It's perfect. It's it's kid, it's it's a young teen adventure. Teen adventure. Okay. Um, but with some spooky stuff. Anyway, actually I think you might actually like it, but you you're not you're never going to spend the time watching it. So maybe someday who knows it's just man that sounds exhausting even just thinking about it ugh. just just die sad then whatever you're doing <laughs> over there but anyway i'm happy <laughs> it's a very fun game if you like the show cool. uh once again it's a, it's a top-down isometric pixelated game a little diablo meets zelda rpg you know it's got all the show's characters in it they all have their own little special moves and the the, the show has several characters in it like 10, 10 or 11. You can cycle through all of them. It takes you through every movie beat. And so you can actually play parts of, or every sh- uh, television show beat, and you can play parts of the show with the wrong characters if you want, just because maybe you like their attack better. It doesn't care. You know, it's like, have fun. Uh, be, be whoever. Just have fun with all this stuff. It's fun. It's maybe a little bit repetitive, but I can't, I just can't imagine it being fun or making any sense if you never watched the show. I, I can't imagine anyone out there has played that game and been like, what's this Bystone anyway? Like, you would have, <laughs> you would have to because it doesn't do a lot of filler with the story. It's like, and now we're going to this guy's house. Remember that from the show? And you're like, I do remember that from the show. But if you didn't remember that from the show, you're going to be like, why am I here? What's going on? But it was through this game. And this is a very important game. Remember, I just told you it's a third-person isometric, like, not third-person, I don't know why I said that, top-down isometric game where you have to use the stick to get around in. And I became one of the millions of Americans currently suffering from joystick drift during the playthrough of this game. Oh, no. And I actually finished it with the drift. I fought it the whole time. I was just, ugh, I have to get through it. And huge, huge pain in the ass. It was awful. But I did end up, I just went and bought a new uh, left Joy-Con because mine was beaten up. It had been dropped at some point, like a long time ago. And so it already kind of had some superficial damage. It just wasn't working good. So I just replaced the whole thing. So we're ready for more switchage. But I, I did just plow through it with uh, the, the drift. And there were a few... A few very unexpected deaths just because my character just started running north for no reason. Like, where are you going? <laughs> I, I'm surprised that that, that Joy-Con drift is still a problem. Like, it, 
it's so unanimous and so many people have encountered it. I'm surprised that it still hasn't been addressed in some meaningful way. Yeah. I think they're like willing to fix it for you for free or something like that. I read, but I also think there mm-hmm. might be some lawsuits of brewing. I'm mm-hmm. not really versed in it. I just didn't want to fool with it. Just replaced the whole thing. Cause again, it was kind of beat up, but yeah, it's not great. That's that's not good. No, not at all. But I'm glad that the game itself was fun and good on you for powering through. I've never had to power through it with Drift. I did once upon a time have a PlayStation 3 controller where the top of the joystick had like come loose from the grip underneath. And so anytime you'd push forward, your finger would like slip as it would roll counterclockwise. <laughs> and so I got very Boo. used to holding the controller like really uncomfortably so I could put pressure like directly above the stick in a very... <laughs> active way so i I can kind of relate but uh good on you for not just um, good on you or bad on you i'm not sure but uh either way i respect that you didn't just use the pro controller to finish it off yeah it's true i mean it was again that was you know it was before i had switched over to pokemon to enjoy uh couch stadia time with my wife so i just plowed through it with the with the uh the mobile version but we got her sorted out we're in good shape now buddy Awesome. Well, the last one I've been playing here is Cyber Shadow. We're playing and beating Cyber Shadow. So this just came out. It's uh, very much a ninja action game on brand for the episode, you mm-hmm. might say. And mm-hmm. uh, it, if you like Ninja Gaiden or any game that plays like Ninja Gaiden, you like this one. It's um, it's it's very clearly just a love letter to that type of game. Uh, controls just amazing. It's like I was so impressed how like snappy and uh, like easy it was to just execute everything i wanted to do wasn't until the very end of the game when they added some late power-ups where i started to like feel like i was making mistakes based on controls the music is really catchy and it's like a real really good difficulty bosses that you have to learn their patterns but they're not like too damage spongy or anything like that Mm -hmm. um just super enjoyable and i will say that i think my recent playthrough of NES Ninja Gaiden carried me a long way here because, and this is not uh, like, I'm not trying to, to flex on anyone that struggles with this game, but I've heard that it's difficult from a lot of people and I wasn't having too bad of a time. And I think it's just, I have so much very recent muscle memory from one of these hard Ninja games that I was able to carry a lot of that into to this one. So it, it ended up being a perfect difficulty for me. Very cool. Very cool. I'm very curious about the difficulty level of that because ninja games are traditionally harder uh, for good reason. A lot of reflexes, a lot of a lot of jumping and ducking and all that. So, But that looked very fun. I did pop in to watch your stream there a little bit and was blown away visually and yeah. uh, sonically. I don't know. The, uh, the, the music was great. Everything looked pretty good. So I'm excited to get into it one day. And it wasn't, it wasn't developed by the... I'm forgetting the Shovel Knight folks, right? It was just published by them, but it yeah, it, it is of a pedigree, right? It like has a flavor to it. Yeah, it, the, I mean, this being the first game that they've published, they were obviously very selective because mm-hmm. it has a level of sheen and, and polish to it that you would not be surprised to find in a Shovel Knight game. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. up there with those, so super good. Very cool, man. Okay, the other one that I finished is Castlevania Circle of the Moon. I talked about it a little bit last time. Uh, forgot how much I just loved what I'm, what Alex of SNES Drunk, uh, what Alex has coined. He doesn't like the Metroidvania term, and I'm kind of pulling away from that term too. He calls it a platforming exploration 
game. Hmm. I like to call it a perpetually stuck platformer, but his is actually probably <laughs> better. So, but I forgot how much I just loved that platforming exploration recipe. I haven't played a ton of games like that in the last few years for one reason or another. I mean, other than Axiom Verge, I can't think of one that I've put a lot of time into. I was I got so hooked and it's been a while since I've played a game that much like straight through. Normally I'll I'll you know, dilly-daddle on on it for a couple hours a, a night, maybe every other night, maybe a week. But that was one where I was finding myself staying up way too late, finding time in the middle of the workday while I'm working from home. Like, oh, that minute or that meeting let out 20 minutes early. Let me go over <laughs> here and run around a little bit, see if I can make any headway. Just completely hooked on it. And it's an older game, too, which is great. It wasn't uh, one of the, I don't know, more, this is on the Game Boy Advance, so it's not even one of the DS ones or anything like that. It just still was was really solid. And I also read Konami doesn't consider this one as part of the canon which was really strange because I'm like, why not? It feels like to a T, a, a regular old Castlevania experience. What's your problem? But they got some problem with it. It was made by like some guy that wasn't the guy and the guy doesn't like it. So fuck them. But it's pretty solid. It was the, just the right difficulty for me until the final boss who was just a real bastard. And I had to grind a little bit to beat him, but that was still pretty fun. So loved it. And already like immediately when the credits were done, I went ahead and ordered myself Harmony of Dissonance just needed to keep going. So I'm going to keep the train rolling choo-choo when that comes in. Awesome. I'm so glad that, one, that you play through and enjoy it, and two, it's just such a good feeling when you find, like, the right game at the right mm. time, when, like, the puzzle piece of your mood and, and the game line up and click perfectly into place. That's mm-hmm. that's awesome to hear. Uh, I'm curious, what what system did you play it on? Like, how did you play it most of the time? This is actually a good question. So I played it using the... Game Boy or the uh, GameCube, uh, I guess module that allows you to play the <laughs> your GBA stuff or your Game Boy stuff. Yep. And so, what was interesting about that was that I played the game using the stick as my chief mo- oh. maneuverable uh, thing, which was wasn't always great because sometimes you do that double tap to run, you would push up or something like that a little bit and end up throwing a weapon when you didn't mean to or whatever. So I had to go back and forth depending on how crucial timing was in a moment. So if it was in a boss fight, I switched over to the D-pad so that I could be very deliberate with what I was doing. Whereas when I was just running around the castle, I would default to the stick and, and jump around. So that was kind of a weird dichotomy to navigate. But I think when I get Harmony of uh, Dissonance in, I'm going to play that on my um, SP. Okay. The, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go go legit, I guess, hardware of the time or roughly, and play yeah. it that way. The one thing that I think is sort of a relatively common complaint that people point to in Circle of the Moon is that it's very dark and kind of hard to see things. And I think playing it on the Game Boy Player eliminates a lot of that. So I'm glad that you. Either oh, yeah. that or like one of the real nice backlit SPs, I think, are probably the only good ways to play it. And I'm glad that you didn't run into that snag. Yeah, that's actually a good point. It is darker, but I, yeah, I didn't have an issue with it on the PVM, but I could definitely see how it could be. All right, are we done with the with the stuff that we've beaten on? I do believe we are. All right, let's take it into these beats. We see what everybody else has been pounding away on. Probably. Not going to be too surprised about who the polykiller is, but the runner-up is a new deputy in town. I won't say sheriff, but a new deputy in town. We got R.E. Lewis, 2011, classic Rusty. 
he got credits on Marvel's Spider-Man. It's a great one. Star Wars Episode One Racer, Man of Medan, Spider-Man Miles Morales, and Fast and Furious Crossroads. If I didn't know any better, Steve, I would say Rusty might be our buddy Josh Heitman by a different name. Very similar interests here. That is uh, a pretty keen observation. I would say that uh, that Fast and Furious Crossroads lines up pretty perfectly with your comparison to Frantic there. I wonder if there's a way that we could hear Rusty Arlewis 2011 and Frantic talk about Fast and Furious. Probably not. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Those guys do get together every now and then and talk about uh, that particular franchise. It's called Box Office Bliss. Go check it out. It's no surprise. If I was going to tell you who the Pauly Killer is, you'd say, oh, it's, you know, round two gaming. And I'd say, no, not this time, but it's a good guess. <laughs> it's a good it's guess. It's Corpse Flood Gaming. It's our, it's our man Corpse Flood coming in, coming in strong, actually almost getting toppled. I think he only took the title by one game rather than the usual 25 games that he takes it by. So right. Corpse Flood worked his way through Panzer Dragoon. That's the remake that just came out on PS4 and Switch, or at least physically on PS4 and Switch. Fire Emblem Three Houses, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, Final Fight Streetwise, G.I. Joe Operation Blackout, and Dangerous Golf. Good job, Crumpsford. How can you make golf more dangerous than it already is? <laughs> dangerous Golf is pretty cool. It's like basically golf meets burnout. Oh, man. I can't believe it. I mean, you're already out there. You're already out there in the hot sun. You're risking melanoma. There's golf balls flying around all over the place. It's just little bullets. There's dangerous amounts of water just hidden places sand dunes <laughs> with the spice monster from dune just waiting to, to come out and bite your asshole off i mean golf is extremely dangerous maybe the golf you play i don't think that most of what you described is the <laughs> typical experience but <laughs> we right, can talk yeah. more offline <laughs> all right if you say so all right okay uh now let's jump into some beat tweets and the first one here is kind of funny because <laughs> yeah. it's very funny yeah, I'll just go ahead and read it, and then I'll explain it. So our friend Apoc, he, he says, LOL, when I tried to tweet to the Polykill podcast that I beat the first Hitman game, but Twitter locks my account because they don't like the words Hitman, Contract, and Polykill in the same <laughs> sentence. And he follows that up with some surprised and laughing emojis. And uh, yeah, that's the first time we've ever encountered that one, so... Unfortunately, we do have Polykill in our podcast name. I guess not unfortunately. That's just the way it is. But if you <laughs> if you type in Hitman and Contract and those three magic words together, Twitter just not a huge fan. Yeah. And so we're giving APOC credit here for this beat it, even though we didn't get a screenshot or a formal tweet. Just keep that in mind when you're out there beating games, you know, and you're every, tweeting. It every might now not and again, work. you might need to toss in an intentional uh, misspelling or yeah. get creative because... Uh, like a hit mang, hit mang. <laughs> uh, and I did validate. I can go back and I found on his Twitter account the blocked tweets. So there's, <laughs> it's just sorry funny. about that, Apoc. Thanks yeah. for the uh, thanks for the effort, big guy. And I'm glad you enjoyed Hitman, presumably, even though it ended with a little bit of a interesting situation. But next up, we have JJS Boyce, who says, Glad I didn't wait any longer on this one. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Spider-Man is better than Batman. He's the working class hero we all deserve, emotionally bruised but not broken inside. He always gets back up. The Spider-Man 28 team understood that. I like, I respect a beat tweet that takes a bold stance. 
you know what? I don't respect that tweet at all. No, I'm supposed to be Batman right now. I'm Batman right now. That was me being Batman. That's, you sounded like Batman's kid imitating his dad. I know. I always do. I sound a little bit like Kermit the Frog imitating anybody. (laughs) I am Batman. That is horse shit. So, no. Good job, JJ. Appreciate that. Uh, I mean, hey, Rusty Lewis beat a bunch of games, get a bunch of tweets. Episode 1 Racer holds up remarkably well 20 plus years later, even if Duel of the Fates plays 90% of the time. It was the punch of prequel nostalgia I didn't know I needed. It's time for pod racing to make a return in both Star Wars movies and video games. I think we could all agree with that. No kidding. It's one I haven't really gone back to outside of the rental back in the day, so Mm. very cool to see. Next up, we have Caleb J. Ross, Ghost of Tsushima, 60 hours in, and I want 60 more. Easily the best action-adventure open-world game I've ever played. I genuinely empathize with these characters. An absolute masterpiece. Gosh, he's basically paraphrasing everything you said earlier about Ghost of Tsushima. I know, and what's interesting about this tweet is that Caleb's face is in it, and it doesn't look like a hostage situation at all. <laughs> yeah, there's certainly nothing just slightly off-screen yeah, he <laughs> that see, he's feels... afraid of stabbing or shooting him. <laughs> yeah, like maybe the developers of Ghost of Tsushima uh, are just daring him to go off-script. All right, up next, our friend Vayer45. Hello, Hans. He says uh, he's finished hacking my Mega Drive or his Genesis Mini and decided to quickly beat Street Fighter 2 Special Champion Edition. Two hours and 45 minutes later, I beat M. Bison. The AI can be relentless, and I suck above all else. Could have watched half Lord of the Rings instead. And you know what I like about this tweet? What's that? I also measure extended amounts of time and how much of a Lord of the Rings I can fit in. <laughs> I've been known to do that from time to time, too. I'm not sure why, either. I've only seen the movies once twice yeah right like if someone's like yeah it's like a six hour drive i'm like that's two fellowships son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) who's got the time for two fellowships uh next up we have gizmo's game room lauren she says last campfire is a cozy puzzle intensive little indie game while the puzzles weren't always intuitive the storyline of keeping hope through the journey was an inspiring message kept me going thank you to indie quest pod for the game recommendation uh, wrong podcast, but you are welcome. <laughs> yes, good job squeaking your own podcast shout out here. I do appreciate that shit, but uh, that that does look fun. That looks like a good cozy time. I like a good cozy time. Mm-hmm. All right, we got Josh Leslie up here speaking of you plugging his damn podcast you keep talking about. Uh, he says, wow, what a fantastic game. If you told me this was a dreams creation, I wouldn't believe you. This is a legit game. There were so many holy shit moments in here. I'm genuinely blown away. And of course, he's talking about Locke, which was made in Dreams, which you can hear the interview of the guy who made that game already on the IndieQuest podcast feed. There, that's two back-to-back references to IndieQuest. What podcast is this again? Oh, this is Polykill. That's right. Mm, Sorry, at least... Over there, we enjoy games. Unlike you, it just retires everything you play. No, what I really hey, like, and, and, and this you is... retired Batman. You retired me, buddy. You retired the Batman. <laughs> Don't you forget it. You can all fact check me. You can go look at Frantic Society's Twitter. My favorite part about this beat tweet is the screenshot that he took of him clicking the thumbs up button in Dreams. Like he literally screenshotted himself giving this game a five star review on iTunes <laughs> and used that as one of his precious pictures. So good. Masterclass in between. Which by the way, if you ever screenshot yourself giving us a five star rating on iTunes, I will stop doing the Batman thing. 
I promise I'll never do it again if you do that for me, please. <laughs> Assuming that no one likes to hear it. If you do like to hear it, I'll do it more. You say whatever. Just tell me what you want. Just give us five stars, please, God. Okay, up next, Lazy Eyes Played at Lazy Eyes Played. What else can be said about Symphony of the Night? It's a great game I've beaten multiple times before, but on mobile, added an extra layer of annoyance and convenience at the same time. Interesting. I didn't know that there was a mobile port of this, but I can imagine it being extremely annoying. Yeah, way to go. I I always think of mobile ports of well-known games as something that you pick up and, like, play around with for 10 minutes to get like a little shot of nostalgia before you realize that you're, you're not going to go all the way through the mobile <laughs> no, version of this. You just wasted twelve ninety nine. Yeah, But here you are just powering through this like 15 hour game. So big shout outs. That is impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And lastly here we have friend of the show Top Spot 1, 2, 3 just beat it Super Mario Run on Android. Been sitting on it for a while. Beat it, but have a long way to go to complete it. I had a hard time getting a feel for the way it plays, but every time I play it, I like it more. I actually really like Super Mario Run. That's a game. It's one of the few games on my phone that, uh, when I have like five ten minutes, I will pull up and mess around in. It's it's a good time. Man, back to back mobile games here on the beat tweet list. I didn't think we'd see the day, but here the, we are. The diversity first first tweet that we can't even read because it's been blocked by the freaking powers that be we've got spider-man got episode one racer all kinds of cool stuff yeah, i know i know we got i mean poor batman got slammed i'm still a little bit butthurt over that if you can't tell okay <laughs> speaking of being butthurt let's say that we hurt your butt by putting you in a hot seat <laughs> uh i was so confused i was like what all right, so, uh, and I know this is maybe the hardest question I've ever asked you, but good luck. Six inches. Next question. Wow. You are so impressively average. I could not respect <laughs> you more. Without uh, using the word handsome, describe a cowboy. <laughs> Friendly. Brave. Ready to fight. Always counting livestock. Because if you're missing one, you're in trouble. Down to boogie. Good with the misses. How about that? <laughs> Perfect. I think it would be almost impossible for someone not to realize you're talking about a cowboy. You, you also, it's weird I didn't say this, but you know what? I also think that cowboys have a very swivelly pelvis. There's something that they always have a very, <laughs> it's always a very animated pelvis. They're always shaking the hips with the lasso, or they're walking weird because they got stirrups on. You know, there's this a lot of pelvis activity. With a cowboy. That's really what I thought of first, but... I think you might be confusing cowboys and hula dancers again, but... Okay. Mm, you're right. All right, so next up here. If you weren't in your current job, but you had only all of your current skills, you weren't learning anything new, you were yourself, just you can't be in your current career, what's the next most likely career you think you would have ended up in? Male gigolo? Mainly for the pelvis stuff again. What if we take out jobs that you're doing already as side money? <laughs> I mean, honestly, maybe a an audio engineer somewhere at some hmm. studio where I'm just editing things constantly. I do enjoy editing things. I quite like it. It's the only reason that I think podcasting has not completely burnt me out because I do it a lot. I enjoy the editing. It's sculpting, shaping something into something even better. When we record these, Steve, they're ass. But then I take them back. Oh I take God, them back to so the bad. studio. Take it back to the studio, put a little, put some band-aids over them, take out a few of my bad Batman references that didn't maybe hit right, make it a better show, 
Look there. Now, I'm, now I've made something I'm proud of. So probably something like that. You do a good job, too. What people don't realize is most, most raw episodes of Polykill, about six, six and a half hours long, we usually get into <laughs> at least one fight. Someone cries. Uh, it's, it is just the worst. It's worse than just recording pedestrian traffic so yes it, i mean absolutely people don't know the the hot seat we bring in 37 questions for each other <laughs> and it gets whittled down quite a bit <laughs> and most of them are just like uh do you like uh wide ruled or uh college ruled paper <laughs> is that a real question <laughs> no but i'm curious now why don't you tell me before we move to the next one <laughs> i like wide rule i guess Something about college. I'm just not a huge fan of. I'm a college ruled guy all day. Opposites attract. How are we even on this podcast? <laughs> Indeed. All right. So if you had a pet named Steve, what type yeah. of animal would it be? I hate to be basic, but I think it just have to be a cat. I like a good cat named Steve. I think it's a good name. I like cat names that are dude names, or not just dude names, but just like people names, right? Like I yep. have a, I used to have a cat named Hank. We've had a cat named Carl. I got a cat named Ralph. We have another cat named Leonard. I think Steve would fit right in, to be quite honest with you. I'm with you. I also like a good cat with a human name. Something about being like, stop licking yourself, Eric. It's just, it's just fun to shout. <laughs> Gary, your breath stinks. <laughs> you're cute though. You're cute, Gary. Come here. There's just something about it. I totally get it. I respect it. But I do want to. I do want to mention though. If I do get another cat, I think. I think. Well, Steve would definitely be a, a runner in there. But I think Marvin. I just really need something named Marvin around me. I like that name a lot. Marvin's cat a good Marvin. name. Underappreciated in people, so you got to use in pets. Absolutely. Go yeah. for it. Big fan. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what would you say is the perfect amount of pizza? You know, back in the day, I could kill an entire pizza. You know, remember when you were a growing boy? You could just get a whole large and just devour it. And you were like, what am I right now? Am I a monster or a machine? Yeah, or I can man. still do that. You can still do that. I eat so fast. I'll, it'll it'll hurt at the end, but I'll have, <laughs> I can get through it before it's caught up with me. It's essentially what happens. Jeez, yeah. No, I used to, and now I'm also a fast eater. I do suffer from that. I'm considered a gobbler. But I think now I've, in my, in my advanced age, I've whittled that goalpost back a little bit I can do probably two thirds two thirds be, be, and be comfortable I can still probably do the whole thing but I won't feel good two thirds I'm comfortable I can still have a day I respect that's that's about right for me I think five solid slices is like my mm. treat treat myself to dinner but then I want to <laughs> have three to four slices for leftovers so I'm with you perfect alright last question here and I'm asking for a friend unrela- unrelated to me just off the dome What's the absolute longest you would ever allow an episode of Polykill to go before you felt so uncomfortable that you just stopped recording? <laughs> Two hours. I think that's... Oof. We, I mean, we already established that we record for six, but <laughs> that isn't true. But I think at two hours. Ugh. I think the, part, the, the reason is I don't think I could edit. It would, it would be a whale to edit that because it's editing time is like podcast time times like 1.5 so that's a lot of time that's fair as someone that has to do actual work and doesn't just get to troll you by making it as long as possible i I can understand (laughs) that desire so you did good you made it through the hot seat and honestly i don't even think that you're hitting second degree burns on either cheek so i'm proud of you they feel pretty good and i'm wearing thin pants today so this is all good news there we go all right speaking of good news uh uh, ninja games is going to be our top five and we were doing this because 
Cyber Shadow, we like to be relevant. We like to yeah. be current events folks. We're on top of things. So when we were passing around ideas for what what should we do for a top five? Oh, we hemmed. Oh, we hauled. What should it be? What should it be? What should it be? And uh, ninjas. Just ninja games. Game with a ninja in it, maybe. I don't even think we got as far as to defining what we meant. <laughs> Left it open to interpretation. Which is how we do. Uh, I took it to be games where you play as a ninja. And I felt really confident until I started making the list. And then I realized, I don't think I've played as many ninja games as I thought I had. I thought, before we did started the list, ninjas were in most games. <laughs> but it turns, <laughs> turns out, out, no. <laughs> they're not in very many. Not at all. At all. Uh, but you know what? I think you do a lot of ninja things in many games. You're doing a lot of jumping and ducking and hiding in a lot of games. But it turns out, you're not always a ninja when you're doing those things. It's just ninja-inspired activity. Yeah, a lot of games with katanas... Way mm. more games with katanas than there are with ninjas in them. It's it's actually kind of weird. That's true. That is absolutely true. So, without further ado, what's your number five? I don't know why I felt like this was cheating, and I, I limited myself to just one. I think this would be the only one I would choose for this. But it seems like the turtles are an easy way to satisfy the criteria for a ninja game. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So for my number five, I picked TMNT2, the arcade game, which is the one that I had growing up, the beat-em-up on the NES. And yeah, you don't do a lot of ninja stuff in it, but I mean, they have ninja in the name, so I'm going to count Cheating. It. Absolutely cheating. I won't accept it. I won't accept it. But whatever. You're right. They do ninja stuff. What are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, I'm so upset. Okay. Number five for me is Shinobi, an actual ninja. Okay. Oh, man. Dude, scratch out TMNT. I'm making Shinobi 3. I totally forgot about Shinobi. <laughs> Shinobi, baby. And Shinobi 3 specifically, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, right. I enjoyed that one. We both agree the turtles don't count. It's Shinobi 3 is my number five. Good pick. 100% agree that the turtles don't count. That's right. I mean, just because there's Ninja in the title, what are you, what are you talking about? Okay. So, Shinobi. So, I mean, have you played all the Shinobis? I've played a teeny bit of, you know, a Ridge Shinobes. I've played mm -hmm. Alex Kidd in Shinobi World, and then I've played Ooh, a lot of Shinobi weird? 3. Shinobi 3 is phenomenal. So good. I'm upset with myself for not remembering it sooner, and I'm not going to try to impromptu tuck it further in the list. I'll just throw it at number 5, because I think Shinobi 3 is, like, maybe one of the best ninja games there is. Maybe best one of the best Genesis games there is. Yeah, I'm I'm in full agreement there, and... Even the Game Gear one isn't too bad, and the NES one, which is uh, a Tengen game, is also pretty fun. I mean, they're not near the bottom of the list on either of those platforms. They're, they're a fun time. I'm interested in checking out the Game Gear one. That's one that once the analog pocket comes around and I can play stuff not on a Game Gear itself, I will check out. You bragging about your analog. Oh, guy. Okay. Sorry. The world is haves and have-nots. <laughs> well, yeah. No Number four for you. Number four, we're going with the original Ninja Gaiden, the NES one. I mean, it's a recent game for me, but you can see that uh, it, all these games that copy it, copy it for a reason. Like, it, it was doing something pretty spectacular at the time. The only thing I think that holds it back is that whether you want to complain that it's a bug or just weird design, that fact that you go all the way back to the first stage in the final act is... It makes it too difficult. It it is, it could be improved. So phenomenal game, only held back by its ending. I think. 
Right on. That is actually also my number four. Yo. And I don't have as as uh, good of an experience with it as you. I have only dabbled in the first two or three levels and gotten my ass kicked. But I like what it tries to do for story back in that time. I think it does oh. a really good job of... I think the cutscenes are fun. And I think it put a little more emphasis on, emphasis on story than it needed to. And it ends up making it a better game because of that. So I enjoy it for, for that as well as just being a hallmark on the on the system. I mean, absolutely. That's true. There's a surprising amount of cutscenes, and that wasn't common at the time, so good pick. Uh, so for my number three, I'm tucking Cyber Shadow in there. We just talked about it, and a lot of times I do think that these like modern homages to older games end up being better than the original source material, because they can learn from 20 years of game development and kind of fix all the problems the original one had, tune in a little bit better. And yeah, I mean, if you like Ninja Gaiden on the NES, you're going to like Cyber Shadow almost guaranteed. And it's just kind of that, but more and expanded. Heck yeah. I'm, I was hoping it would at least land on the list since we made the list because of the game. <laughs> it did. Yes. So I'm happy to hear it landed up there, but yeah, it looks fantastic. I can't wait. Uh, for me, my number three is going to be Strider. And oh. I'm being a little agnostic about the Strider that I pick. I think we are looking at, what is the one, the big one there on the uh, Genesis? Was that Strider 2 or was it just Strider 1 ported to the Genesis? I can't remember, but there's one in particular that I played a bunch of as a kid that I liked a lot. But I also have a fair bit of experience with the NES version, which is largely different, but also still fun. That's one of those series where isn't like different Striders are numbered differently or named differently in different regions and things and it came over here as the sequel was labeled as the first one stuff like that i don't know if that particularly is true but it is a very complicated like if you look at the list of games you're like which one did i play again okay it's, it's not quite yeah. like wonder boy no levels of confusing but it's... i still don't know what wonder boy is i've it's crazy that it's there's so many different variations and, and shit. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Strider, absolutely. And I've also played the 2014 game that was on, eh, I think it was on Xbox Live Arcade is how I played it. Also pretty fun. I didn't stick with it, but it was cool enough at the time to, yeah. you know, That's be, the only, be playable. Only Strider game I've ever played. The, what would you call it? Um, platform exploration Strider yes. game? Yep. Yeah. That's that, the one. That one's really good. I, I like that one quite a bit. That'd be an honorable mention for me for sure. Cool. So my number two, uh, very similar to Cyber Shadow. This is came out a year or two ago. Uh, the Messenger. Mm. So, mess one. I think the Messenger has the best soundtrack of any ninja game that has ever been. And two, what's cool about the Messenger is it has discrete sections that are homages to NES games like Ninja Gaiden and stuff like shinobi so you kind of get the best of both worlds in there and seeing the different areas in different ways and like the soundtrack remixed and stuff is a lot of fun how they play between both of those console generations just super cool it's kind of everything i want from a ninja game the only reason it doesn't hit number one is uh, the gameplay kind of switches up in the tail end and i think it goes on like just a, just a little bit longer than it needs to sort of overstays its welcome has a little more backtracking than you'd want but even if you just played through like the first half of that game excellent excellent game funny too very good writing in that game oh that's a good point yes and i'm agreeing with you that is also my number two we've done it again we oh, two man. 
two numbers here on the list. Yes, number two for me is also The Messenger, and I enjoyed it, and I agree with everything you said. I got to that halfway point, and I could not stick with it beyond that, but I loved what I did play, but it was just a little long in the tooth, and to be honest, when it does that big switch at halftime, it kind of lost me a little bit. I was like, what do you want from me now? I didn't really know what it, where I needed to go, and like you said, a lot of backtracking, but those what sounds to be harsh negatives out of the way, still worth your time. So good. Yeah, it's one of those where you feel cool just moving around. Like, yeah. just using the tools they give you, the rope and the wall jumps and stuff, something about it just, it makes you feel cooler than you actually are because it's obviously tailored for that. You just, you always feel like you are uh, living living your best life as you're playing it. Very yes, cool. and very funny. I do, I want to stress that part. It's good writing. Much more than you'd expect for a game of that ilk. All of mine up until now have been 2D ninja games and i'm switching it up we're going with the 3d one for the number one slot okay and it's ninja gaiden black Ooh, that's a toughie right it is but i haven't played this one granted since like it came out but when it came out that this game like took over my attention my life and my friends group we were all playing this non-stop i remember this was one of the first games that i like felt really good about getting good at where it was like kind of destroying me in like the souls kind of way and i i sort of like learned the rules of the game and and got good enough to where i felt like i was like i had power over the situations i was being put in and it was just a lot of fun it also did some cool things i remember there were situations where you would think that enemies were infinitely spawning but it turns out they were just spawning for a really long time and if you did stay in that area and power through all the waves you'd get like a health upgrade and stuff like that um Hmm. One of the earlier games like God of War where you're challenging the direction of the camera to find hidden unlockables and stuff. And just, I don't know, I'm always impressed when a a series starts 2D and makes the transition to 3D really gracefully. And this being the first Ninja Gaiden game following up on the 2D ones that have such high expectations behind them. It's like way to go knocking it out of the park first try i think there was a part early on where i just walked up a flight of stairs and immediately was just murdered by a man and that was like very early it was like immediately after the tutorial they were like all right you're good go on up the stairs you know how to play and then i was just kept getting my ass handed to me and had to sit through a long <laughs> loading screen before i got my chance to go again I was like i don't know if this is for me i don't think i'm cut out for this but maybe i should go back to it one day because a lot of people laud it they say it's good stuff so good good game All right, my number one. Are we ready for this? All right, here we go. You're never going to see it coming. It is. TMNT to the arcade game. What a great, what a great game. I absolutely love it. Toss it out. Uh, Let's hear your real number one. We don't allow the turtles. That was was it, actually. That was what I wrote down. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's what I wrote down. Uh, I mean, I have such nostalgia for that game. I rented it so many times. I think my dad eventually bought it just because he got the hint. And I just loved pl- I love playing the shit out of that game, and I've beaten it a couple times since. Anytime a new bro comes over and they want to play something, I know they want to. They don't want to get into like my weird niche shit that I've been wanting to play. They want to get into that turtles. Like, let's yeah. get some turtles. Let's get so, let's get a bag of chips and some turtles going, and that's always a good a good time. It's a timeless one. So I say I don't have any memories of being young, which is obviously a little bit of an exaggeration. Because uh, I do have a memory very specifically of that was the first game I ever went to a friend's house and played and like realized, oh, other people will have different games than the ones that I have. <laughs> like there are more games than the ones I'm buying. 
And so I would go over to his house and constantly be like, we got to play some of the turtles. You want to play some TMNT too? Let's play some turtles. Let's do some turtles right now. <laughs> and eventually I think my parents ended up buying it for me because I was so, I was just so into it all the time. So, um, Hell yeah, dude. I actually, and I shouldn't be saying this to you, I can be kind of harsh on NES games because I do think most of the time the Super Nintendo versions are just like better versions of the stuff that was on the NES. But I think kind of up there with Contra and a few others, uh, TMNT 2 is like one of those that just, it just holds the line. It's just strong all the way up to today. Super good. Yeah, it's a really good port. I mean, it looks good. It has a little bit of slowdown, but it has, I think, extra levels compared to the actual arcade that it's ported from. Music solid. It's really good. It's a good time. Phenomenal game. Now, if you weren't going to pick a Turtles game, what would it be? Put you on the spot. Oh, a non-Turtles game. I don't know. I mean, if I had to, you know, reshuffle and slot one into number five, uh, man, I don't know. Because I really, I was, you know, when we were talking about this, I was having a hard time coming up with games that satisfied yeah being a, a ninja game and i was looking through like lists of you know i was like does fruit ninja count i remember playing that on my phone back in the day remember that when they would just <laughs> throw f- fruit around you would swipe your phone and cut fruit in half i'm like does that count there are a few games i've wanted to play i think some people have mentioned like ninja 50 to me yeah as a good game to play so there's more on the list to play than there are in the list of plays but uh man i don't know you did put me on the spot i don't know if i could re-slot a five but that's all right i just i just wanted you to feel the discomfort i had when you tried to topple turtles off of my list so (laughs) i know i couldn't believe you did it i mean honestly you weren't going to until i mentioned shinobi but you know how funny was it we came back around i got i got that turtle slot at number one i fucking got him fucking got him nailed him him. nailed him uh i guess we could all watch tyler blevins on twitch that's a ninja it's he's a ninja right is he is that a thing is that He's a, isn't he your boss over at Streams Ninja? Oh, is that his? Is that Ninja's name? Yeah, Tyler. Ble- isn't it weird that his name is Tyler Blevins? He f- sounds like a, just somebody you know. Do you like only know him from LinkedIn? You only know him from LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I guess we could. Sure. I is he in your top five? The the yeah the the Ninja skin in Fortnite is my new number five. No, when while I was talking to you, I was secretly trying to google games to see if i could get a motivator for number five and when i typed in ninja he came up and i was like oh does he count yeah sure i think i think we can count him i guess that's going to do it i think that's going to wrap us all up here i think we've had a podcast not only about ninjas but about a whole wealth of things and i gotta say i feel pretty good about it yeah it's been a good episode a lot of fun the ninjas have been enjoyable and i just want to give one more call out to anyone who for some reason has stayed all the way to the end if you have a game that came out in 1996, email it into the show, all right? We got to load up Trav's plate. We got to fill him up with the 96 games. So please mm-hmm. let us know your favorite and we'll we'll force him to play even just a little bit of it. Yeah, force force me. Honestly, do it. All right. Well, that has been another episode of the Polyco Podcast. As always, you can find us on social media. I am on Twitter at TravPlaysGames. Steve over there is at Blinkum, and you can find him twitching ever so often at twitch.tv forward slash blink oom that's o-o-m with two o's it rhymes with vroom like if you were doing a little race car thing <laughs> blink oom vroom uh, yeah spot on thank you all right good until next time goodbye goodbye